0: Do you have any weed socks?
1: Um, probably. But have you seen any? Well,
0: in I saw this girl wearing them. Also. That girl.
2: <laughs> Wendy, so over.
3: Lots of love.
0: To.
1: You are tuned in to the Wendy Lovett Show with Topher Kogan, where health, wellness, music, art, and plant medicine meet, and all of your health choices are your own. This is Season 3, Episode 23, Quarantine Edition 13, and here's
4: Topher. Hey, Wendy. Hey, hey. Do, you, do you want to play a game?
1: I do want to play a game.
4: Okay, the, today's game is called
1: 10 Minutes. 10 minutes all right I'm with you (laughs) all righty what have you been up to what have I been up to well let's see I have been uh tap dancing a little bit for exercise
4: Uh um,
1: and, and working on something for next season with it but it's been kind of fun and um now I have boards outside because I think I was like nicking up the floor in the home. Is that
4: what those <laughs> boards are for? Okay. Yeah. I thought That's... it was for like some farming stuff, but no, okay. It's tapping. Good.
1: So, so Sarah Lothen went to Lowe's yesterday and and, and uh, brought those over so that I could uh, tap on them. And so, yeah, so I was outside doing it. It felt really kind of funny doing that, but it was fun. Um, wow. What else have I been doing? Um, just to, uh, really kind of uncoupling from my phone um
5: mm-hmm.
1: so it's not attached to me i'm leaving it places and shutting it off and trying to be more in the moment and uh and not so attached to it so
3: mm-hmm.
1: that's been it's been good it's been really good actually um feels very free The <laughs> <Good. laughs> phone. You know, sometimes I, I know you don't feel that way you're not so connected to your phone like like i had been Mm -hmm. Um, but you can get sucked in there and spend two hours go by when you could be doing something else.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, well, you, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what my problem is with the phone is that, you know, I always have to be listening to something or having something playing. So like there'll be times where like, I can't find anything like to watch or to play or to loop, you know, just like in my ear and then I'm just like, I can't do anything until I find something to listen to. And like, oh, yeah, and so I'll just sit there for like, just like 30 minutes, you know, increments, just like looking for something and I can't mm-hmm. get in silence. So it's an addiction.
1: Yeah, I think, um. I see you often. Like I'll I'll see you and not realize you have them in, even though they're in probably most of the time. Oh yeah. I no. but I start talking and then I'm like, oh, he's not. He can't. Do it. Yeah. But that's interesting. So that's just something you developed over time. You really want to have some, a soundtrack to your life. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, which yeah. yeah. there are sometimes when I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna wear any headphones today, just to give my ears, you know, a break and to you right. know, and breathe. But it's hard. It's hard yeah. not just having something playing. Right. Yeah. So, so when
1: you think about everything that's continuing to go on in the country, I, I, I feel really hopeful that real change is in the air, and and that's yeah. going along. You know, I'm. A little bit older than you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been watching this and living it for a long time. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Not being a Black person, of course, um, but, um, but still as a caring, compassionate person that wants equality for all people. Um, I have to say, this, this time, this situation, um, it looks like there's change in the air
4: yeah it does it does it feels different it feels like the momentum it doesn't even really feel like momentum anymore it feels like enough people have just kind of said like okay no we are fed up and Mm -hmm. now we like you know and like and the old thing of like when you know better you have to do better And I think that's what a lot of people are finally getting is like, okay, here is how we do better. Doing better is not just being nice to the Black people you know. It is, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than just nice. It's bigger than just a job. It's bigger than just a hashtag. It is, it is functionally changing how America treats Black people on every single level. Yeah, I I mean, that's the hope it
1: looks like that's happening. I'm seeing people, you know, come out and apologize. Um, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag mm-hmm. at their event. You know, I'm seeing these big organizations that maybe, you know, let's, you know, give them a little benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't realize what it really means to fly that flag. And now they're saying we, we realize what it means and we're going to do something, you know? Um, but, uh but yeah
4: things well i don't know if it's they didn't know what it means i think what it is because i think it kind of goes back to people that have racist tendencies that don't consider themselves racist Mm
6: -hmm. i think what
4: it is when it comes to the confederate flag is that so people know people know that it's incendiary but they think that it's not that incendiary they Mm -hmm. think well it's not that bad because nothing will i will get no negative thing from this thing because even though there's a group of people that doesn't like it enough people will stay silent about it so it's fine they know exactly that it is that i hate to use the word but that it is triggering they know it's triggering the thing mm-hmm. about it was that enough people weren't telling them, hey, I'm going to stop if you don't take this a- out of the thing. Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, they just banned um, the, the Confederate flag um, from uh, um, the Marine uh, bases. Right, yes. Well,
1: and I saw today that um, that in the House, they uh, put together a package uh, Elizabeth Warren started this actually to change the base names, the Army and military bases around the country, still have some Confederate Mm -hmm. general names on them, you know? So, and and the statues. So people say, oh, it's just a statue, it's our history. Well, you know, when you look at the history of uh, Black people in this country and 400 plus years of systemic racism, it's a completely different picture to, to go into a city and see one of those statues um, yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't mean to speak for you at all, but I, that's not my thought about it. Why would we glorify these people? I don't
4: understand. No, and I know this is gonna sound a bit, um, like in like maybe too much in the realm of fantasy for some people, but I think, but I think some f- it, wish no, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'll say that in private. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I was I was gonna say something and I forgot and it was on. Oh, it's a- my goodness. Okay. I don't know. This may be, this may be insightful. I don't know, or or, um, uh, uh, inciting. I don't really know. Um, I am, I am really interested to see what um, NWA Pride does Mm -hmm. with uh, how they incorporate Black Lives Matter. If they do, I don't, you know, because that's also because it's because it's such, a, you know, black people are so intrinsic into pride. Like, so. Right. It'd be crazy if, like, if we didn't, but I don't know.
1: Right. Well, and I think it may be because, for instance, in northwest Arkansas, the pride is online this year. People are submitting videos. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be up to the submissions, too. But yeah. then as an organization, will they uh, embrace this? Um, I hope so. You know, I would like to see that, um, that we're all working together for the same thing, which is equality for all people, and for all people to feel like equal citizens. This is, this is the thing that people, many white people, I don't think understand,
4: mm-hmm.
1: that, that Black people often don't feel like equal citizens. Am no. I wrong?
4: We- there's often a feeling of not feeling at home in your home. You know, uh, I mean, you pull up Brianna Taylor's case. Mm-hmm. She was doing nothing. She was in her house, in her okay. house. And, and I want to see. The, I want to see those officers
1: arrested too. I yeah. mean, I can imagine sitting in my own home and having a SWAT team come in. You know, what was that poor uh, woman? I'm not. You know, I just, I really feel for her. I can't imagine. We should all feel safe in our own home, walking home from school, whatever. <laughs> you know, um, so let, let's, let's continue that ray of hope. It looks like things are changing. I get a little disillusioned sometimes when I see some of the comments on the news outlets here in Arkansas. Um, but um, people don't like change. They, sometimes people like to feel like they're better or superior to other people and that may never change we're human beings and it's very sad and unfortunate and maddening but Mm -hmm. um you know so it's still it's there but that doesn't mean that those people won't change either i think as a white person we have to examine our ideas and our thought processes and where they came from what kind of many people who don't consider themselves racist are really <laughs> and they don't even know it you know so you, you have to do your own self-examination
4: you know yeah 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 don't don't go bug your black friends about this <laughs> mm-hmm. right it's right. Like, it's, a, it's a personal journey that I think people have to do, and I mean and that really is a sad thing but again that is I, d- I don't think that's intrinsic I think that is because of America's history. I mean, Mm -hmm. it also affects the oppressor, you know, in a way also on how they (laughs) view these people, even after they're out of that, you know, oppressor mindset, it's still there. Like those, those traumas are still there that need to be worked through. And yeah, no, like, I'm really happy that that the word is getting out there and people are accepting that like that's not black like, people's job is not to therapize white america into treating us right. human beings um, right. there's really, right. yeah there's a really powerful video i forget the uh the, the uh the the woman's name um but she's standing was it in minneapolis i can't remember but basically she is, you know, talking to this reporter, and I think it's from, like, the local news uh, station, but she was basically saying that, like, the reason why all the looting and burning down stuff is happening is because, yes, it may be technically in their communities. They don't own anything in the community. They don't own the school. They don't own any of these Mm -hmm. businesses. So, when people burn it down and when people tear it down they're tearing down the establishment they're not like tearing down their own things right because america will do that for them i mean tulsa rosewood you know like constantly again and again it happens and you know and she finished the video with something that was so chilling and basically she said well, well well like she said that america is lucky that black people are looking for equality and not revenge because that's not what black people are looking for black people are not that's looking for a, revenge right that's a
1: very good point i believe that that is the truth so right. i'll have to check out. um yeah so this there's, there's lots of good things happening this change is happening in minneapolis so when people say that protesting does not do anything that is not true this time with so many Americans on board with making change, I believe we're, we're heading in a good direction. It's gonna take a lot of time and effort on a lot of people's parts, but we're headed there. You know, yeah. So so, um, so this show today is really special because it's all about cannabis actually, and women in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a nice interview with Steve Bloom, who's the editor of celebritystoner.com, and um he made a list of now fourteen hundred women. Fourteen hundred women who um should be recognized for their work in, in cannabis and um and yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Lots of great women on the list.
4: Yes, and oh my gosh, do you know who's one of those women on the list? <laughs> I know several of them on the list. Uh, well, I know one of them personally, but I'm not gonna uh, say. You know. <laughs>
1: Oh, right. I'm on the list. <laughs> I, I'm so honored to be on the list. It's um, it's uh, really exciting. And and I, I um, well, you'll see the interview with Steve, but um, I love his motivation for doing this too. So um, yeah, so it's going to be going to be a good show. Since we're talking about cannabis, I have to say I'm excited today because I went to the dispensary here in Arkansas, pure Spirit, and I got a strain I have not seen here, bubblegum kush. It's in a vape Yeah. That's one of your favorite strains. It is. Bubblegum Kush. So we call it Bubblicious, but it's pretty much the same thing. But it's so uplifting. It's a sativa. It's a hybrid, but heavy on the sativa. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm so excited. This is the first time I've seen it in Arkansas. I'm hopeful there'll be flowers soon also. But mm-hmm. a, a close second is Lemoncello, which you introduced me to. It's so good. It's, it's so good it's so good. it's very similar limonene is great for anxiety issues and both of those strains have have limonine. so um so they smell a little bit similar when i smelled the limoncello i was like oh that smells familiar but it's not quite but it's close <laughs> so, oh,
4: the game's
1: over the game's over oh my goodness it went by so fast so, as I said, this is season three, episode 23, quarantine edition 13. And our guests today are the editor of CelebrityStoner.com, Steve Bloom, Dr. Uma Dhanabalan, Rena McCain, Mike Kinkle, and a featured music video from Candace Allen. The show is sponsored by Caris Healthcare and Buffalo Co. And let's get started. <laughs>
2: He's a killer, uh-uh. a killer, uh-uh. yeah.
1: My guest today is longtime journalist and author with 32 years of experience in the cannabis community, former editor of High Times, and publisher of CelebStoner.com, Steve Bloom. Welcome to the show, Steve. Oh,
5: thank you. Great to be here, Wendy.
1: I'm so glad you're here. So you're in New York, where I understand things are opening.
5: Yeah, they are somewhat today. I'm still home, though. I'm kind to take my time until I put my foot in the waters.
1: Sure. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm staying home, too. Kind of gotten used to it now. <laughs> exactly. I don't
5: need to eat out. I'm plenty, I'm, I'm great eating at home. I feel better eating home and not eating out, honestly.
1: Absolutely, we know what we're putting in the food, you know. So, there's a lot of great things that have come out of this, uh, you know, difficult crisis that we've all been in. I think uh, we're, we're all reflecting and learning a lot of lessons. Um, well, I, I invited you here because this show, we're actually focusing on women in cannabis, and um, I uh, noticed that you have had started a list for CelebStoner.com of women who should be recognized for their achievement in cannabis, and that really piqued my interest, um, because frequently in this industry, you see, you know, a lot of objectification of women and that kind of thing, Um, so this was really refreshing, Um, and and thank you for including me on the list, but... um, I'd like to know kind of what was your motivation behind starting the list and what you what you hope to accomplish with it?
5: Well, on 420, uh, the Cannabis Business Awards, uh, people who run that organization put out a list called 420 Icons, and they did a list of 100 people who they were recognizing for their work in cannabis. And I guess because they were icons, maybe they were a little bit more of the older crowd, the OGs, so to speak. And I was on that list, and I was you know, flattered to be included. I've already received one award from the cannabis business uh, group before. Um, that was a contest, you know, which I, I had enough votes, you know, to win an MVP prize. Um, and so I had no grudge against that organization at all whatsoever. I know the people who put it together. Um, so when I saw my name on it, I was flattered. And uh, as I scanned through the list, it seemed a little light on women. Uh, it was a busy day, for twenty, so I didn't really focus on it as much as I maybe normally would. When I see lists, I usually go through them with a fine-tooth comb to see who's on it, who's not on it, and then, and then form uh, my personal opinion, uh, whether it's a good list or a bad list, and whether I, how I want to promote it at Celeb Stoner. I like doing lists at Celeb Stoner when, when the industry, different organizations, want to hail people in our community. I think it's a nice idea. But I've noticed recently in a lot of the women's lists, especially a lot of women who I think belong on the lists don't appear on the list. Mostly activist um, women who got into the business but started as activists, people like um, Debbie Goldsberry or um, uh, Jodi Emery, uh, people who've really been a long, involved a long time. And I've noticed a few lists have been omitting those people. Elbie Musica, who's one of the handful of people in the US who receives federal medical marijuana. She's been receiving that since 1988. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gold when people leave her off the list. She's the most important person, as far as I'm concerned, in our entire community. She's been doing it longer than anybody and suffered probably as much as anyone uh, because of her condition and because of how the government has treated her with the terrible marijuana that they provide her with, Um, the government weed, so to speak. Right. Uh, so uh, so I was offended by that. And but it, really, it really took um, several women uh, out on Facebook, Ophelia Chong and a few other women, to really raise the point. Um, I saw the list was being posted around Facebook. And Ophelia especially made the point, only seven women on this list of 100. And I had not counted. So once I saw that, I started to realize that they really had a problem. Uh, and, um, and I just, you know, it was 420, so it was a long, busy day, a lot of Zooming events and all kinds of, you know, celebratory stuff, as best as we could do at home, as all of us were staying in on 420, presumably. Um, and so the day went by, and then I woke up in the, no, that night, I received a phone call from Elvie, a 420 call, and I felt so bad that I couldn't tell her, and this lady is blind that she is on this list, which she wasn't. And I wanted right. to tell her, I wanted to say, hey, Elby, guess what? You're on this list. You're, you know, you've been acknowledged. And I couldn't even tell her that. It just made me feel bad. And so I woke up the next morning and I said, I want to uh, give up my place on the list for Elby, if possible. And so I, um, so I put that out there on Facebook and I got some negative reaction from one of the organizers of the Group the uh, cannabis business awards, and um, and it sort of the negativity, you know, led me to write an article. Why I decided to give up my spot on this, you know, esteemed 420 icons list, and uh, and I wrote that, and um, and then on the heels of that, I decided um, I would create my own list. Uh, what I think is a problem with most of these lists is that they're exclusive and, you know, they round it off to a number, you know, 100, you know, it's often a good number, right? 50. right. right. Um, so it's just rounded off. So you're just going to leave a lot of people off, which is understandable. If you can do a list of 100, you know, and there's a thousand contenders, you're going to leave off 900 people. So right. you have to be very careful with these lists to not offend people and to people understand maybe they're not ready to make the top 100. You know, they're, they're new on the scene and, and right. other people deserve it if it's gonna be a limitation. Um, I decided to make a list that wasn't limited. Uh, so mm-hmm. nobody could complain. You know, why <laughs> am I not on the list? Right. You know, the list is, so what I did was, um, I spent it around three or four days combing through Facebook, uh, the magazines I work for, um, just reading through articles, and you know, we, uh, Freedom Leap, I was editor of Freedom Leaf. We did a, several women's issues. You know, just go back on the issues and make sure I have all the names. And I put together a list of the 500 women, and I put it out there. A few days later, 4:20 I think it was on Monday. I put it out there on Friday, Saturday of that week, um, and uh, and so I put it out there with the idea. Well, here's a list, and let's keep putting it together, mm-hmm. together. Collectively, it's like a collective list, an interactive list. And the reaction was phenomenal. I mean, that day, uh, it just sort of, the bells and whistles were lighting up all day long on my computer, on Facebook, um, with people suggesting names. And I just, all day long, were adding names, adding names. So the list went from 500 to 1,000 over that weekend. Wow. Wow. Thanks to mostly women, some men, submitting Many names to me. Some people, you know, I would have to say there were probably ten or fifteen people who really went out of their way and put together really good lists for me to go through. Um, You know, they were just putting ten names, you know, on Facebook in a row. How about this? It could be somebody from Canada who wanted to represent Canada. I got some stuff from New Zealand, all over the world, um, but primarily U.S. And I just kept on adding, 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 and adding, and this went on pretty crazy for two weeks. So the list exceeded 1,000, and now the list is at 1,400. And finally it's calmed down. Not that every woman has been represented, but I guess you know you move on to the next thing. But what I've done um, after three weeks, I put it out again on a Saturday, you know, where I had time to kind of take in all the requests and put it out there again, saying, "Hey, the list now is at 1,200. You know who else are we missing?" You know, so I did and I'll do that again soon too, just to remind people who maybe are not familiar with the list and you know and I could just add another ten, fifteen twenty hundred names uh, right. and keep adding on until it's as complete as it can possibly be right,
1: it's amazing, so I love that the positive energy of people reaching out and suggesting people, and it just you know mushrooms into something bigger and more inclusive that really. Um, is more representative of the community. Because when you describe that only seven names out of a hundred, it's, it's wonderful that you recognize that that is too small a percentage to represent uh, women and their achievements, because there's so many that are doing fantastic things all across the country. Um, and so I thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, many of the activists on the list I know, um, it's pretty exciting for everyone, I think, and it shows um, the value that you place on women's contributions. Um, so um, so uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts about this and what you'd like to see happen going forward to continue this trend of including women in uh, celebrating their achievements? Well, it's
5: in- for everybody. It's diversity is you know, beyond women. Obviously, we're in the middle of a huge controversy in this country over Black Lives Matter. Uh, and that's you know part of what we're dealing with here. Um, women, uh, people of color being represented properly in our industry. I think we've made a lot of uh, improvements. I've seen, um, I've come from 30 years in cannabis when it was very, mostly white male, including mm-hmm. me, um, and, uh, and women fought hard to find a place uh, in the movement. Uh, it just, it, it was an uphill battle. Um, mm-hmm and to be heard, and to be treated as equals, um, because a lot of the original activists were men,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh,
5: and so they had their little male cults, <laughs> right. Jack Herrer, Jack Herrer, and people like that, who were great, you know, leaders, but they're all mostly white males, and, uh, so, um, but things changed, um, you know, for me, uh, things started to change in the cannabis movement, uh, in the 90s, when hip-hop became, uh, a big force uh, culturally in America. And uh, a lot of the hip hop uh, singers, rappers, performers uh, were also marijuana advocates and they wanted to um, be acknowledged for that. And I was working at High Times back then. I was one of the editors of High Times and I focused on music and celebrities and entertainment. And so I had a role in uh, putting a lot of cool bands in the magazine on the cover, many of whom were hip hop, many of whom were uh, people of color. Um, and I think the door really opened then because it was very white, and it turned to more a diverse landscape um, in the '90s, and certainly much more recently. I mean, things have changed dramatically in the last five years in New York, um, yeah. with with a tremendous move towards diversity, um, which we just didn't have. So I really do think we've made a lot of good achievements, uh, especially in New York, um, with diversity, uh, and now with Black Lives Matter, you know. The biggest headline in the world, we're mm-hmm. going to work even harder, you know, to try and make sure that that there's a this fairness and equity across the board in our industry. And that's obviously for women and for people of color. So I would say, you know, it's a bigger picture right now.
1: Right. Right. And I love that. And I, I noticed on SlipStoner.com the music section. And as, as you know, because you watched uh, the show, we include music, you know, it's plant medicine, music, wellness, all brought together. Um, and I think that's really important. The, the music moves the culture forward sometimes, um, you know, or it's representative of
5: the culture, but uh, well, yeah. Celebrities help drive things and, uh, and I've been involved in that, celeb stoner, uh, you know, having done a lot of celebrity uh, interfacing at high times. Uh, I guess it's just something I'm good at. My background is I'm a music journalist, so I got my start writing about music. So I would interview musicians and review concerts and, you know, go backstage and schmooze. And so I kind of had that already in my background. And then when I got involved in the marijuana scene uh, as an editor at High Times and I started focusing primarily on the music side of things or entertainment, I would do the same thing. I would just go to shows and now hanging out with all the bands and getting stoned afterwards. Yeah. You know, or, you know, I'm the High Times guy and they all want to hang out with the High Times guy. You know, whether sure. they knew me or not, they thought I probably had some good weed. And uh, so, so, you know, so I I, I built a lot of friendships along the way there. And to this day, you know, 14 years after high times for me, 13, 14 years, I'm still friends with Ziggy Marley and b Real and and uh, and the Slightly Stupid Guys and 311 and mm-hmm. Redman and Method Man and people like that I've known for years, you know, and it started at High Times, Fishbone. I go to right. their shows all the time and I check up with all these bands that I first met when I was at High Times. And, you know, just uh, we have a great bond. Uh and, so, music uh and cannabis definitely have that history, you know. So, yeah, that's
1: a, that's a great thing. Um, do you think we'll see, um, you know, uh, something for um, for black people, a recognition of their achievements in
5: cannabis? Do you think we'll see it? Well, you know, that's, yes, I'd love to do that. It's a little harder to do, per se, in terms of, you know, it's kind of easier to, you know, how I do this with the women is pretty much, you know, somebody submits a name, I just look the woman up. You know, I just yeah. look, I, I do a quick search just to make sure, you know, just to find something. All I need is one good link, really, or something on Facebook that indicates advocacy or I don't really, you know, it's not a real strict, it's not super strict, but I am i don't want to put somebody up that doesn't have any credit, sure. uh, as as somebody put it out there, but most people, they put it out there, it's for a reason, um, mm-hmm. and generally, I mean, there's almost everybody's on the list, I've only taken off a few people, because um, somebody said, oh, so and so is not worthy, or whatever, but, but for the most part, everybody's worthy, with, you know, people of color, it'd be a little harder to do it you know, uh, it'd just be a little harder to do. If people would like right. me to do it, I would do it. Um, it just, you know, it's a little easier to identify who's who's female and who's male, you know, right. when, when names are being submitted than it is to identify who's a person of color. So right. it just might be a little harder, you know, to do properly. And then I don't want to get into trouble by putting people who are not correct on it. So I don't know, right. maybe, you know, maybe. Um, I mean, this is kind of a one-time thing. It was really just yeah. out of, you know, Having seen a number of lists that preceded that one, that also I thought omitted a lot of women who belonged on the list, there was, I think some of the lists are more business oriented, um, so they do leave off the activists, but a lot of activists have gone into the industry. So, you know, you can, you know, you could acknowledge people who have had, you know, foot in both worlds. And I think you should, because really where it all stems from, the activism is where everything started. To legalize marijuana, and then the industry followed. So the people who jumped into the industry, you know, and really weren't activists, they have every right to, you know, to be credited for what they're doing. But it's sort of important to look back and realize the people who, you know, started things and the pioneers. So, uh, so that's sort of important to me, uh, and recognizing women, especially, but maybe, you know, maybe I'll find a way to do the same thing with people of color. I'll give it some more thought. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. How can people get in touch with
1: you? Uh,
5: through Stoner, uh pretty much. Also my Facebook account, you know, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook, Steve Bloom Dude. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, and Celeb Stoner, my web, uh, my Stoner, uh Twitter page, uh, Instagram, uh, mostly Facebook and Twitter, um, kind of heavy on Facebook. I like the uh, conversation on Facebook that we can have. And uh, yeah. and it can go many, many directions, but, but at least, you know, you can have a conversation. So I kind of like that. Um, it's kind of a, you know, you can debate and discuss and, you know, and try and figure out things. And so that's where, um, you know, I'm easy to find.
1: Excellent. And it's celebstoner.com if people right. want to go.
5: Right. And one- I'm also, I'm also editor of a couple of other magazines. One's called marijuana goes mainstream. And the other one is the complete guide to CBD there. Uh, produced and printed by uh, Centennial Media and those magazines. When people are back out in stores, they can find them in Barnes and Noble and Whole Foods and places like that.
1: Excellent. Thanks again for joining me. Today I have Dr. Uma Dhanabalan, who is a highly respected physician, trained in occupational and environmental medicine, and a fellow of the American Academy of Family Physicians and Cannabinoid Medicine Specialist. Welcome to the show, Dr. Uma.
3: Uh, Wendy, welcome to having me here. What a pleasure.
1: It's so great. It's always wonderful to connect with you. So I wanted you to be in this show because I spoke with Steve Bloom yesterday, who is the publisher for celebstoner.com. He used to be at High Times, actually. And um, and he uh, had a column where he listed women who should be recognized for their achievements in cannabis. And you were one of the, in the beginning part of that list, which I was very happy to see you belong there for sure. Uh, So what are your thoughts about honoring women in cannabis?
3: I think this is another way that, you know, women are showing another presence, as I say. In our Hindu culture and in the Indian tradition, you'll see many goddesses and gods. And the female goddess is usually the one that has many multiple arms. And I feel that, you know, this is another facet. It is the female flower of the cannabis plant that has really been used for so many medicinal products, not that the other parts are not equally important, but as far as when we talk about the medicine, it's the female flower. So I think it's very appropriate that women are being recognized, involvement yeah, with plant.
1: That's a really good point. I was so happy to see the list because I think sometimes in the past and maybe even present, women are shown in more of an objectified manner in the cannabis world, and, and yet there's so many brilliant women like yourself that deserve these kind of honors, that are helping people to understand that cannabis is medicine. So I know that's what you do. You, you help people to understand the medicine.
3: I really believe that food is medicine and cannabis happens to be food and medicine. And that is one of the things that Dr. Uma says, is that what we eat and what we consume not just what we put within our bodies, what we surround ourselves is very important because it affects us mentally, it affects us emotionally and spiritually. And this is where this plant is able to impact all of those facets and much more.
1: Right. And so you're absolutely, I I love hearing you talk about it. It it just makes my heart happy. Um, And I love the work that you do. So you have moved your office uh, from Natick, Massachusetts into Cambridge in the city, which is a little more centrally located for people, isn't it?
3: It's more centrally located, but with the advent of this COVID in a positive manner, it's actually brought about telehealth to what it should be used for. And I've been involved with telehealth for many, many, many years and the concept of electronic medical records is nothing new to me. So this has actually been another venue now to reach more people and depending on wherever the location may be, I think having the aspect of having telehealth incorporated has made it much more easier no matter where we are. right? Right. Absolutely. I I agree with you
1: for all parts of medicine. Um, But I know like here in Arkansas, they weren't letting uh, physicians do the cannabis visit on telemedicine until the the health crisis hit. And then suddenly they're able to do it. So I'm hopeful that it will stay that way (laughs) because there are many patients who are very sick, you know,
3: who. Absolutely. You bring up the point of, you know, um, These regulations that have changed due to the COVID in Massachusetts, uh, I had to file a waiver to be able to do the certifications in Florida. They would not let new patients be certified by telehealth. They only let, and I'm like, really? Like, why, why are you putting more barriers and not making it easier? Especially like you said, the people that are ill, that really don't need to be in contact or getting out. And if right. we're saying we're trying to minimize the exposures and protecting the people, well, having a opportunity to have an initial visit as well as a follow-up visit through telehealth is, I think, much more uh, feasible and should right. be an option.
1: Absolutely. So I first met you, Dr. Uma. We talked about ending the drug war, and, um, and opiates. Um, and I know you've done a lot of work in this area. of seeing you speak so passionately about it. What are your thoughts now with, with uh,
3: what's happening in the world? And, this, and problem? this is a very important part that you bring up because just as things have opened up for being able to do medicine, there's also certain things that have been removed. So my concerns are, have people been using more um, legal drugs, let's put it that way, i.e. their prescription medications, i.e. alcohol? Is there more of these drugs now being used because they need them? Because they don't have access to their adult use of cannabis in Massachusetts. They made it essential for cannabis for medical purposes, but not adult use. And they're just now starting to open some things up or getting ready to have it be back in full force. But I really feel like this is important for people to think about when the next time this happens, would we do the same thing the same way we've done it? What would we have done differently? And lessons learned is Mm -hmm. life. You know, every one of us might not need to learn the same lesson somebody else has learned. But you daggone know that if you go down certain paths, it is not good or it is bad, in fact, that it could be. And with the opioid crisis, I really felt that was a path that had to be stopped and be given a different option. And opioids are legal medicine. It is paid for by your insurance company. The doctor that writes those prescriptions is covered for the most part, and reimbursed, unlike what I'm trying to do and what cannabis is. It's still not being reimbursed by healthcare. It still is not considered federally legal. We are still dealing with it state by state. And yes, from when we met to now, we've come a long way, baby. And there's Mm -hmm. a long way to still go.
1: Right. There's still a long way. And do you think them deeming cannabis
3: essential will be helpful to our cause to end prohibition? Absolutely. Because it's that those three words that I uh, want people to understand, your mind, your heart, and your door. Because as we start to say cannabis essential, which means that we're starting to open people's heart Mm -hmm. because we are realizing you don't need to use this medicine but it is medicine for somebody else yeah right right so we've done something there right we're starting to open people's minds and understanding and teaching that there's an endocannabinoid system this is not hooplong and just anecdotal or whatever the words you know this is not just because we've said so. This is real science, and it works with the system. Right. That's the mind that we've opened. And actually, it's opening doors. It's mm-hmm. actually opening doors as job opportunities have happened. We're looking mm-hmm. at different ways how cannabis has been introduced into everybody's society. Right. And, you know, Jack Kerr said it years ago, you know, and this is how I've looked at it. Cannabis is food. Fuel, fiber, paper, and medicine. This is what this is. I've made it a little better, and I say now that this plant is for people. It's for pets. It's Mm -hmm. for the planet. It's for peace and profit. And this profit is very, very important. That is your health. Mm -hmm. Your health is your profit, because no matter all the money in the world that you have, if your health is gone, it doesn't matter. Absolutely, health is wealth. Absolutely. Um, oh, I love that. I haven't heard that one yet. Um, I love That's the way. my five P's for uh, yeah, we're you know all of these little memes that we are creating through, but it's imprinting people through different messages, and yes. whatever way that people get introduced to cannabis. We want people to know that this should be an option. And by the time they get to me, you know, it's their last choice, and that's not the way it should be. Right, right. It should be a first line choice. And maybe we'll get there. Listen,
1: they deemed it essential. The federal government deemed it as, I mean, everyone deemed it essential at the time so that people could have access to their medicine. So um, maybe it is the winds of change. There's a lot of, things that will come out of this pandemic, as we were talking before, that are helpful and good. We're looking with fresh eyes at the world.
3: I call it a new normal. I call it time out because it's really for people to get out and take a walk and get the sunlight that they need. And that's very important because it's, you know, I like threes and fives. So the five things for immune boosting is make sure you get your vitamin A, B, C, D, and zinc. Yes. So A, B, C, D, Zinc. You know <laughs> it's easy to it. remember. So, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I did read something that some people who were testing positive, many of the people actually had really low D levels. And I, I know that that's been an ongoing issue for many people. So um, I think that's really important what you're, what you're recommending. Um, so, where do you think things are gonna go for women in this um, industry? You think things are gonna to continue to get better? You know, it's great that Slip's so Donor has continued their list, I think they're up to 1400 plus women. Um, and when I talked to
3: Steve Bloom, he said, you know, I want to include all women who are working on behalf. of." And Wendy, group. you've done so much, and I, I'm so oh. proud to be part of all the work that you're doing. And, you know, this is where each one of us Women, men, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And this plant can impact you in some way. And hopefully it will be a positive impact. And it's not just cannabis that I'm trying people to understand that, that, that there's a system. And the system is something that most doctors know little to nothing about, which is the endocannabinoid system. And for women, we go through from trying to bear children to carrying children to delivering them and then nurturing them, and then we ourselves go through another metamorphosis of going through menopause. And you know, ultimately, we all share death because yes. that is something that, as difficult as it may be, it is something that is real, and I want people to die with dignity. Absolutely. It sounds, so all the aspects of a woman's life,
1: cannabis, as you were talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, it helps keep the balance in all those instances. You know, homeostasis, (laughs) as you're going through,
3: you know, having children, menopause, whatever it happens to be. And, you know, there's a lot, always been controversy about women using it in pregnancy, and I have women that would have never gotten pregnant had it not been for cannabis. And it impacts infertility, but also, actually, a woman to be able to relax, mm-hmm. to be able to come close with her partner if they've had traumas. And so, right. women could speak about the impact of this plant all throughout yeah. their decades of life, you know, mm-hmm. young women getting to puberty. You know, that those changes, when you have your period, the pain that women deal with, and we're ready to throw so much medications that can right. be so harmful. And this plan is a safe alternative. Well, we're definitely on a roll moving forward. And we'll,
1: we'll keep uh, checking in with each other and uh, keep moving this forward until um, we reach ending prohibition and descheduling. That's where we need to go, right? Um, and then there's still more work to do. <laughs> but, but I know you'll be there on the front lines,
3: Dr. Goma. And I really appreciate you. Uma, how can people get in touch with you? Thank you so much for asking, Wendy. Our website is upliftinghealthandwellness, spelled out, dot com. And that's mm-hmm. also our way of reaching us through email is upliftinghealthandwellness at gmail.com. And our phone number is 508-444-2324. And we are here available for you 24-7. I'm here as a primary care doctor as well, and also to be able to certify you in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Connecticut as well. Excellent, wonderful. Thanks so
1: much. It's always a pleasure, and congratulations on the honors you received, and thank you.
3: I love you, Wendy, and I just want to leave people with the message cannabis is not an entrance drug, it's an exit drug from pharmaceuticals, narcotics, alcohol, and nicotine. And also remember safety first and do no harm. God bless. Be well. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: And we are in the Green Zone with Rena McCain, who is a humanitarian, cannabis activist and animal rights activist. Welcome to the show, Rena. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today, Wendy? I'm doing really well. Um, So you were nominated in Celebrity Stoner Magazine as uh, one of the women who's changing cannabis. I believe that's that's what the list is. so I just wanted to talk with you about that uh, first and how that felt for you. I know you have a long history of activism.
7: Um, you know, I was, I was really, really, and still am really, really excited to, um, to be, or have been nominated and to be included into that list because, you know, it's such an expansive list with such a huge, huge amount of women who are literally on the front lines of changing the country and changing the world. So for me, to envision myself in that is, is, you know, I never imagined to have that type of an honor. And so for me, it, it kind of solidifies and gives me a lot of, um, I'm trying to look for the wor- right word, um, a validation yeah. in, in what I'm doing. Um, and, and, you know, the ability to have the platform that I have and to be able to share my knowledge and my thoughts and have other people respect my opinion in that, is is really it's crazy <laughs> yeah. it's wonderful so, um, it's wonderful
1: i i um so i kind of i met you on social media as a lot of cannabis activists kind of find each other and connect and um i i always you know wait a little bit and see what people have to say about different things and i just um felt kind of a connection with you i think we have we have uh, similar thoughts about the world um and i want to thank you for your work so let's let's talk a thank little you. bit about your radio station and your platform. Um, I know recently the name of the station changed, didn't it?
7: Yes, it did. Um, Sometimes um, in our journey of life, um, people are there for the whole thing. Those are very few and far between, you know, uh, from start to finish. Um, And sometimes we meet people on our journey that um, are going a different direction. And, you know, it's not that they're going away it's just that they're going a different direction and then sometimes you have to separate yourself because that's the way you spread your wings right and so in this respect all of the belt applies so we we have changed our our name of our station it um it's it's now km420-radio um you can find us on www.mixler.com forward slash km420radio um and you're and, located, and
1: all about cannabis, right? And um, you're located in Texas, yeah. where there mm-hmm. uh, there's still a lot of activism needed and, and happening. Um, yeah, so we have a platform and a radio station that's really pro cannabis, is amazing. Thank you for doing that.
7: Oh, absolutely. And um, I have to give a lot of uh, huge shout outs to Farah uh, Hunter, who is uh, my counterpart and my partner in this. Um, she's uh, out of the Dallas area, so she takes over part and and we share equally um she's my partner um for the radio station and uh and i want to give her a huge thank you for everything that she does she keeps she helps keep me motivated and she's helped me strike a balance in the things that i want to do and she's been a really great sounding board um so that's that's very much appreciated
1: um Um, it's really great when you find somebody to partner with that kind of can keep you on track and you kind of play off each other and and make things happen so that's great that you that you found her um so tell me how did you come to cannabis activism
7: was it a personal story or um i can't really remember a time in my life whenever i didn't support cannabis um i grew up in a very non-conventional kind of a way um but cannabis i guess the first time that i've ever experienced with cannabis i was about 13 years old and um i don't know it just didn't it wasn't what I needed at the time, I guess, I don't know. Um, so for whatever reason, like I was very, very sparse in my uh, experimentation when I was younger. Um, now I've had people that, you know, smoked around me. I've known people who smoked and, you know, it never really bothered me one way or another. Um, but now whenever I was in my early thirties, um, my personal experience with cannabis, I, I was a previous, um, heroin addict at one point in time in my life. And, um, you know, I I quit on my own. Um, it was a very, very tough type of a thing. Um, I was, I was sick, um, from, from the addiction, uh, for a good amount of time afterwards. Um, and then, you know, just over time, um, you know, our bodies start failing or we neglect them and, and things happen. And I found out that I had herniated discs in my back. Um, and, um, I had at this point, whenever I started using cannabis, um, I had also discovered that and had gone through having cervical cancer, um, uh-huh. and, and some other things, um, I was diagnosed with, um, rheumatoid arthritis, um, and at 33, I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis. Wow. Um, so I always kind of feel a little apprehensive about what I do with my body because, you know, I'm, I'm young in an old person's body and it's a little scary sometimes. Right. And all of
1: those are inflammatory chronic conditions mm-hmm. that are, are hard to handle. So you've you've got a lot on your shoulders and, and then
7: also dealing with the addiction too. But um yeah. thankfully, uh the way that I quit, um I never went to rehab. Um I woke up one morning and for me it was just I, I gotta stop this. Um, you know, I needed to get off the roller coaster. Yeah. and um you know for whatever reason that i was able to to quit the way i did I'm, I'm very thankful for it um but fast forward um i had the ability whenever i found out about my herniated discs to go to pain management and of course um pain management always usually includes opioids right, right. and um i mean that's so what the health, to, main
1: mainstream health that's what they have for his tests mm-hmm. surgery and pills that's right much well, it.
7: yeah i wasn't real, real educated about cannabis at that point. I just knew that it helped and I knew that people felt better. And um, so whenever I went to pain management, um, he had told me that, you know, well, he gave me the pills, you know, and I took the pills home the first time I went and um, and and I set them on the dresser and I'm like, you know, you know, I had, I had a, probably a pretty decent space of a few years by this time, clean. Sure. And I had never really had the urge to go back to that. Um, and I, 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 I'm sitting here thinking in my head, I can take those, but if I take those, I'm going to be right back where I was. Mhm. And that for me was not something I wanted to do at all. And um, prior to that initial doctor visit, I had smoked. And um, of course, they do your your analysis and all that stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Shortly he called me and he told me that um I needed to come in that he needed to, you know, have a discussion with me and whatnot. And um so I rode in a taxi cab for two and a half hours with a bad back and no pain meds, no nothing. Um I really wasn't using everyday uh cannabis. Yeah. It was just kind of very sporadic. Um, but it was enough to cause a, a, a positive urinalysis at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah,
1: stays um, in their fat cells for quite a long time, so even if you yeah. do have a little bit, yeah so um,
7: sorry. Wow. so i get there and um he sits me down and he tells me that um he can't treat me if i have cannabis in my system and um so i'm like he hands me a piece of paper and it said on it that you know he couldn't treat me anymore because of you know this positive urinalysis of cannabis and so you know I, i stood there for a second and the first thing that i that came to my mind was you know Here he just really wants to have you know some some ready-made drug drug addicts and and so and I felt really offended and so I took the piece of paper that he'd given me and I ripped it all up into little pieces and I kind of just threw it in the air at him and um, I was like I think we're done here and I remember like kind of looking around the room you know in his office you know because at this point it had you know we never really actually made it into a, a room. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Right.
1: Because they yeah. treat, they treat uh, people, what they perceive as, you know, drug addicts, it right. dehumanizes you. You don't have to go in a private room. And um, right. I've heard that a lot from people yeah. really unprofessional and ridiculous, but
7: yeah.
1: yeah so so
7: I, I remember being really, really angry and I was just like, you know, I will never ever go back to using opioids and, um, And and I felt like that was like being forced as to being my only option. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had to wait around, I think it was a couple hours for my taxi cab to come back and take me back home two and a half hours away. And I remember sitting there and and my back was hurting from the, you know, the first initial ride and, you know, and I had really never, you know, um, went and bought weed, you know, and, um, but I, I knew people. Yeah. So as soon as I got home, you know, and I was hurting, I was hurting, I was hurting, and I, I was like, you know, let's try this out, mm-hmm. and um, and and it's been a go ever since. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've never gone back to taking pills. Um, I've never gone back to you know using heroin. And wow. what you a, know, and along the way, you know, story I, I, of
1: strength. I just I'm sorry, it's hard on Zoom sometimes. I don't mean to interrupt you, um, but. Yeah, I just, I just cannot, the strength is so amazing. I hear people talk about drug addicts as if they're weak people. And my experience always is they're actually very strong people. So you, you exemplify that for sure. Thank you. Thank you.
7: Um, you know, um, I, I, um, I empathize with so many, especially people who are heroin addicts because Um, one thing that people don't fail to understand is that, um, when you become addicted to heroin, um, if you wanted to quit, you literally have to make time to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that you can just wake up in the morning and be like, Hey, you know, I'm really done with this, you know, because nobody has time for the sickness and nobody understands the sickness,
1: you know, um, because they're not looking again, it's, you know, for whatever reason, it's dehumanized and not looked at as people who need Uh health attention. It's been criminalized, you know, there's so many facets of this, you know, as a humanitarian and activist for so many things there, once you start with activism, you realize it's a big puzzle of many
7: issues. It really is. It really, really is. And they're all so very, very intricately uh, intricately interconnected. Um, One doesn't really affect one without affecting another issue in some sort of sense. Absolutely. Um, You know. Well,
1: we're we're running out of time, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we could could talk uh, forever. So I'll have to have you back next season. but could you please tell our listeners and viewers where they can reach
7: you? Um, So on my social media, probably the easiest to reach me is at um, probably the radio station. Uh, So if you go to uh, Facebook or Google any social media under KM420 radio, you'll find me. Um, I'm also the ganja girl that's uh, G-R-R-L because there's no I in anything that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, so (laughs) I
1: love that I love that
7: um please feel free to come talk to me pick my brain um ask me what I'm doing um I always like to meet new people I always like to hear new stories and I always like to interview awesome people too and uh, find out what they're doing so definitely find me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: absolutely and thank you so much for airing the Wendy Levitt show with Topher Kogan we're honored oh, yes. to be on your and, station. And, yeah. and that's
7: also, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for joining uh, joining up with me. I, I I wanted to say that too, because, you know, your content is is very important to us too. And, you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you approached me to come and, and air your show off of my radio station because teamwork makes the dream work.
1: Absolutely. I love that too. Thank All right. You. Well, it's been delightful. And um, uh, until next time. <laughs>
7: Until next
6: time. And nope. happy Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Hey there, I'm Mike Kinkle and uh, I do booking for the Wendy Love Edge show. Uh, I've, I've been booking for just this season and I'm just now starting to do booking for next season. Uh, man, I've got to say it's been like a real pleasure to get to work on the show. Uh, this has really been like one of the better things that I've been doing with my career. And I have to say that like, all of the artists that we've had on this season, um, all of the talent has just been amazing. I'm so happy that everybody has been reaching out to me and uh, you know answering my calls as well, because the what we have in store for next season is amazing. I'm, I can't wait for you guys to watch everything, because it's going to be awesome. Um, also, a huge shout-out, uh, it's wonderful to work with Wendy and Topher. Uh, Wendy was actually just recently put on uh, a list of women that have changed cannabis culture. And uh, man, I've got to say it's a real pleasure and a privilege to work with them. Um, It's amazing. Uh, Also, today I'm going to be playing a couple songs for you guys. The first one is named Rock and Roll. Uh, I wrote it at a festival a while ago just about the music industry business and a couple other things. Uh, The second song is called let's go get stoned and i thought it would be perfect for this because you know no hiding what we love to do especially if you got your medical card so uh yeah i hope you guys enjoy this and please if you feel like you have something to offer to the show like as far as talent goes uh you can hit me up at mike at gmail.com and i will get you booked on for next season uh, I just got to watch the video and we'll see what's up. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this.
0: I'm done. of the week. Hey. let Lately And this Could break me So do me a favor
5: So go get stoned. Hi, this is Joe I'm with the Human Solution International, and I would like to tell you guys about the Walk for Change. And so about a 1,000 or 2 or maybe 10,000 people have decided over the last six or seven months that it's time to make some changes in the world. And we've decided to uh, march across America uh, as a tool to gather support and uh, um, share our message. And this is growing quickly, and I believe that we're gonna be launching in September. It's been moved from June because of all the crazy things happening. Uh, We'd love to get you involved if you wanna participate, walk, sponsor, um, get involved in any way shape or form visit us on our website walk number four change us thank you
1: oh what a great show it's been
4: a show it's been
1: yeah it's been so it's so cool to honor to see how steve collected this list of names and is honoring women for all their um, great uh, work so happy to hear it and it's always such a pleasure to see dr uma of course um
4: every time you so we- say oh i'm gonna go talk to dr uma my immediate thought is like Thurman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes no <laughs> donna ballin <Yeah. laughs> i'll have to tell her that oh yeah she's she's uh not only really knowledgeable but lots of fun um so we are here still partly due to our sponsors and you got something cooking with buffalo co don't
4: you I do. I have something in the oven. Um, so yeah, so I'm working on a little maybe commercially thing, uh, for the Wendy Levitt show and Buffalo co. Um, but, People that are listening right now, because you guys love the show so much, so you're watching before the commercial comes out. Um, me, me and Wendy thought we would go ahead and share our offer code with you for, uh, for Buffalo Co. Their, their website is getbuffaloco.com. That is getbuffaloco.com. And the offer code is L O V love, and that will give you 20% off anything in the store. I love the code,
1: which you thought of, your mastermind, L O B E.
4: So, I mean, put them in there, Wendy, they'll be like, oh, what a sweet code. Let me spend more money. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, so we are still here because of our sponsors, and that includes Buffalo Co., Caris mm-hmm. Healthcare, Back to Balance Wellness and Massage, Truly really Natural CBD. Lit Smoking Supplies,
4: Highlands Residential Mortgage,
1: and NWA Natural Living. He's been Topher.
4: And she's been
1: Wendy. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Wendy,
0: Topher, lots of love, last show.